You found it. The no-nonsense, no-script podcast you've been waiting for. Real people on real issues. Welcome to Dynamic Independence. The home of logic, reason, and common sense. Let's do it. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in today. I'm Johnny Anderson, and I'm joined today by Bruce Adams. Good afternoon, Bruce. How are you today? Good afternoon. Um, healthy, alive, secure, you know? Yeah, so it's good. Well, after today, let's hope you stay that way because we're going to get into some really interesting stuff today, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. Well, I keep I keep that standard low on, on that, the happiness thing because, you know, it's really easy to reach because if if it would if the bar was any higher I wouldn't be really happy with all the stuff we talk about. <laughs> yeah, today's going to be really unique and we're going to try and keep it informal too at the same time. We're going to get into some of the initiatives that are being put forth because of COVID and with all of this technology and we're also going to kind of work all this into what we talked about uh, earlier with the agenda of societal change with the great reset. Now, and for anybody that's wondering where we're getting all this information, this is not some conspiracy theory. This, Well, of course, you'll this will probably be referred to as a conspiracy theory, won't it? I mean, that's kind of what they're saying. Yeah. If you bring up any of this information, then you're some kind of crackpot. Well, it's freely mm-hmm. out there for anyone to go and find. And we're getting this from the World Economic Forum. I mean, it's it's not hidden. You know, I tried to bring this up to somebody the other day. Some of this stuff, just a couple of things. And most notably, it was it was the reset. You know, I said, this is what's happening. This is the direction that they're trying to take it because they want to try and bring this in. And I got called a conspiracy theorist. And I thought, I, I just don't know. I, I don't know what else. It's like, I feel like it's that uh, it, it's that time that Yuri Bezmenov was talking about. And do you know the uh, the former Soviet guy uh, that gave the interview when he was talking about the uh, the change, like the, when it would start? You yeah. can put all the information in front of someone, irrefutable proof, and it can be the truth. And they're still not going to believe it. You could explain to them that black is black and white is white. And you could give them 100 percent undeniable facts and they're not going to believe it. And that's where I think people are at. Mostly, I, I don't I don't really know, because if if people are not aware of of what's coming, then you have no way in order to defend against it. And and I'm not quite sure what I mean. Honestly, I don't know how to, to snap people out of that apart from. I mean, I know a way I, I know a way to do it, but it will require what Mr. Besmanoff was talking about. It, it kind of confirms what he was saying. I would say that what he's referring to is the only way you're going to wake someone up that's that far gone is by physically putting them in the position where they can't deny it and they get a kick in the, the backside. That's the only way. That, that's really the yeah. only way. When it comes down to where it hits your doorstep and it affects you, only then are you going to understand. If you're not willing to listen now, the yeah. average person, too if late you're not then, willing. Though. Yeah, it's it's too late then. And then you have to go through that. And you hope that you come out on the other side somehow. And you're probably going to end up with a fraction of what you had, if that makes any sense. You'll never get back what you had because you're not willing to defend or listen to it prior to that. So what's to stop you from trying to save it? Well, to be fair, some of the stuff we were talking about I, I legitimately thought it was a, you know, I, I, I kind of thought, well, this is like, this is like the UN, this is the World Economic Forum. This is kind of like isolated, fairly 
elite groups, right? They're not really including necessarily world governments or, or even our own government, even even at the local level, right? I was kind of like, so I was I was under the assumption that eh, maybe we have a little bit of time to combat this and whatnot. But some of what we found today was um, who's involved with it and who's, uh, you know, like one of the articles had one of our mayors in it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when it, it, it kind of hit home for me. It's that um, we suspected it was going on in our government and we just didn't really have the, the full blown connection. And now there's a there's a blatant connection. And now I'm like, this is a lot further along than, well, the good assumptions I had. The plot thickens, my friend. The plot thickens. Yeah. And it. what was I saying before we started this? I say, like, why is it when we start kicking doors open, it always leads back to this group? Why, why is it always yeah. this group? It's always this group. You look at vaccines. Like, we started looking at vaccinations, and we were looking, okay, well, there's there's Bill Gates. Okay, fine. I mean, that makes sense because he's out there promoting vaccinations, right? Mm-hmm. That's what he does. Mm-hmm. That's his deal. His foundation pushes vaccines, okay? So when you start looking for vaccines, vaccine contracts, vaccine companies, and manufacturing and development, well, yeah, you're going to find Bill Gates. But yeah, then as we started to look further, yeah, it's expected. But then as we started to look further, we thought, hang on a minute, what's this group and how are they tied into this and this and this? Oh, it's the World Economic Forum. It just it's like everything we start uh, we start working through. It leads back to this. When we start tracing back, it leads back to this. Mm-hmm. And here I am thinking that the United Nations is kind of like the kingpin of, of all this. I mean, of course, we know that there's people behind the U.N. and all that stuff. I get it. But mm-hmm. this group seems to be coming more and more prominent. I mean, we've known that they're there for years. I mean, I've been watching the, the WEF for a long time. And it's essentially it's a it's a public version of what a lot of meetings that have happened in the past called the Bilderberg meeting. There's been a lot of coverage of that. And that's essentially mm-hmm. world elite people get together and they create policy and all that stuff. And for the longest time, they did it in secret until a few years ago, maybe about 10 years ago. They couldn't hide it anymore. They couldn't hide it anymore. And then they just started making it public and the media organizations were coming out. I mean, they'd been doing it for decades. And uh, the media organizations finally just said, yep. They're meeting here. And how do you like that? Well, the World Economic Forum at Davos, they've always met and that's always been a thing that's out there. But it's always been like a like I said, like a like a public uh, Bilderberg. Their uh, guest list has never been secret or anything like that. So they've always Mm -hmm. been very open about who they allowed to attend their meetings. And as we move further along in this, it's like this group is kind of unveiling itself as to be more of a prominent player in all this. It's like, well, I, I kind of figured that they would continue to try and work in the shadows, but they can't do it anymore. They, they can't do it anymore with the way that information is moving, in which we're going to talk about information control today because they are highly involved in that as well. Uh, and we're going to get into some of that. But it seems to be that everything that we start talking about when it relates to everything that's going on now, it always comes back to this group. And that's not us saying it. We're not trying to be conspiratorial here. We're not trying to deal in hearsay or anything like that. All we're doing is we're looking at what they're putting out. And this is not largely, this is not talked about anywhere, except within a few circles. That's about all. I've heard it on a couple of uh, radio shows mentioned here and there, but that's Mm -hmm. largely been it. I don't see anything on TV about this. I don't see anything in any newspapers about any of this. But what we do see on the TV, what we do see because we watch it because we have to, unfortunately, what we do see on TV, what we do see in the press 
is where they're getting their talking points. And when you see the agendas that they're pushing, all they are, they're mouthpieces, right? That's all they're doing. But where are they getting their actual information? They're not being journalists. They're not investigating their own stories. They're just putting out whatever they're told. Well, the writers behind the scenes have to come up with what they're going to talk about, the presenters talk about. And I mean, we don't have any of those people. I kind of wish we did some days, but Mm-hmm. We, you know, we're just kind of our own, our own thing and our own, our own people. And, and that's fine. I mean, I, I actually like that. But these people, all they do are they get talking points. We're going to go over how they get some of those talking points today, because what we present here today, some of the things we're going to go over, these are agendas that are being put together behind the scenes and the media just carries the water for it. That's all they do. And they're putting it out there like, this is what you need to accept. And you're being downloaded with that information, thinking that it's, uh, it's somewhat accurate when in reality, everything's being planned out behind the scenes by this group. And so this is going to be a little crazy. So wh- where do we want to start with this? Wh- which which part do you want to start with? Do you want to start with the technology side of it? Do you want to get right into the common pass? And then we can kind of branch off from there and, and start getting into all the other things. Or do you want to go another way with it? Well, we can we can kind of work with uh, technology and because COVID incorporates into this a lot. So well, yeah, we COVID is technology the, and kind of COVID is like the, the medium here. Right. So they need something right. to carry it. They need something to and it needs to be COVID's a giant hoax. Right. It's a giant fraud. Everybody knows it at this point. Anybody with a brain knows it. But they need to keep it alive. They need to keep the agenda alive to keep it purely political. Everybody that I talk to, even liberals, right, even, well, modern liberals, okay, even, yeah, yeah, progressives, even the average progressive that I talk to says this is all political at this point. And they know it. They know it. Mm -hmm. But they have to keep the agenda alive because they need something to carry the agenda. It's a it's a transmission belt. They need something in order to move that agenda forward. It, see, it can't be put forward just on its own. You have no justification to put in all these systems of control we're going to talk about today with the tech without COVID. If you don't have COVID, none of the rest of this stuff works. Well, you could use it for civil unrest, but, you know, controlling civil unrest, that's another medium they could use. That's true. But, but it's COVID, not too out of COVID would be there. Yeah, it's not too out of control yet for that. And they're having right. a hard time. They're having a hard time trying to justify unrest in in areas of Europe because it just doesn't work. If you were to do that, I mean, it just doesn't play. It just doesn't play like the defunding the police stuff. That's not going on over here. There, there's a couple of things you see where the media is trying to make cases for it, but it just doesn't play. Everybody here looks at the police in a very positive light, a very overwhelming light. And so mm-hmm. it's not really it's not put to the point where the public is distrusting of the police. It's just not there. So it doesn't like they're that not, agenda doesn't work here. But they're not distrusting here either. The majority of the United States is something like an 80 percent majority are all for the law enforcement. Uh, and and that that's including those that are for it and those are for, that are for increasing uh, mm-hmm. funding for law enforcement. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the population is for law enforcement. It's just these fringe groups that are against it that are that are taking root and are are because of the population size and everything. They're able to organize and uh, revolt. Right. And it's been harder for those fringe groups to get established here, though they are here. It's just their numbers aren't there. It's not enough to gain any kind of public support because largely they've come out of that problem over the last 30 years or so. So it's going to take a little bit longer, I think, for them to mm-hmm. do that. But nonetheless, <laughs> I almost did it again. I almost said it regardless. <laughs> <laughs> regardless of that, regardless of that, it doesn't seem to deter the World Economic Forum at all, does it? 
to try and no. implement this. It doesn't seem to try to deter them because they're out of time. They're out of time. They have to move uh, and they know it. And we're going to talk about the group's founder today as well, Klaus Schwab. And he even says that uh, and you're going to hear it from him. So, OK, Bruce, where did you say you wanted to start with this? Where, where would you like to start? What's that? What's let's get an intro. Um, well, we, we could start with uh, tech. Yeah, I, I go for tech because uh this is this is how they're trying to control like global travel. This is how they're trying to control your public uh, transit and whatnot. Like we're seeing in China and. So do we want to start uh, with what do we want to start what the Asian cities are doing in areas like China and, and Delhi and things like that? Do we want to start there and then we can kind of transition to what they want to bring here with the West with Common Pass. Yeah. Yeah. Let, let's let's do that. Yeah, that sounds good. OK. All right. So Asian cities, right They're they're virus proofing. Hear what I'm saying. OK, <laughs> they're virus proofing. Viruses are everywhere. OK, they're everywhere. There's probably a half a million on this desk in front of me. All right. But it's being exposed to those things. I wish GP was in here. It's being exposed to those things and being exposed to that bacteria and those viruses that allow us to provoke an immune response from our bodies in order to develop a resistance against that. But they're trying to remove that. Okay, because they want you always sick. They want you always dependent on a medical establishment. The medical tyranny is here. That's what this is. At the end of the day, that's what it is. It's medical authoritarianism. It's what it is. Mm -hmm. So. Asian cities are virus proofing public transit. I don't know. Have you ever been on a subway car? <laughs> Do you know how hard it is to, to virus proof a uh, anything in public transit? I don't care if it's a if it's a subway. I don't care if it's a bus. I don't care if it's a taxi or an Uber or whatever. They're trying to do this with, quote, smart shelters and thermal scanners, which, Bruce, you've gone over thermal scanners before. Uh, they're largely inaccurate. You can't really gauge anything in the matters of public health on thermal scanners because anything can cause that. I mean, hell, a hot day, right? You walk inside from being outside on a very hot and humid day and you're sweating profusely. Well, you're going to trigger one of these alarms, aren't you? You run into other things like when it's a hot day, for example, you're sweating. Well, the surface of your skin could actually show a temperature that's lower than the average core temperature. So you could show up as like 91 degrees Fahrenheit, especially if you walk into an air conditioned area after having been outside and sweating that, that decrease in temperature. So, I mean, even even if you were sick, you may still show up as within the the legal range or below the legal range uh, and in the cases of these these measurement tools. And let's be fair, when your body sweats, that's your body's natural reaction to cool itself. Your body's yeah. overheating. So you you perspire and it cools you. That's the point. Your body expels that excess mm -hmm. heat. Do you know what would happen if you wouldn't sweat? You'd die. So, yeah. I mean, th this is why pigs lay around in mud all day because they don't sweat. Right. For anybody that doesn't know. So anyway, okay. All right. So let's let's get down to this. So Asian cities, they've introduced mobile apps. Oh, we're already starting to see mobile apps here, right? The the software you can't yeah. remove. Yeah. All that. Mm -hmm. Temperature check kiosks yeah. and smart bus shelter to make public transit safer as offices and businesses open after lockdowns. Even with distancing, hygiene and safety measures in place, many people are still expected to avoid public transport. See, it's amazing because they're tying all this together. And when I say all this, I'm talking about the technology, the surveillance, the medical side of things with the cooked up nonsense of the virus, and they're tying climate change in with it, in, into this as well with global travel. And we're going to talk about that because the West, largely, we weren't going along with the program to shut down. We weren't going along with the program. All of a sudden, we get a virus. We get a pandemic. Well, guess what? You're going to get that carbon footprint down. Coincidence? 
So uh, hmm. if you want to take the subway or if you want to take a bus, well, you can't do that without first checking your temperature in a smart shelter or visiting a touch-free kiosk. Even Bruce, we talked about those um, those turnstiles that have the uh, mm-hmm. the cameras on them, the face scanners, mm-hmm. pay something or other. Pay faces, I think, is the company that's going to be doing that. And you'll have a temperature check on there as well with a thermal scanner. If you don't meet the requirements and it's not you, you can't go through. Delhi, Seoul, and parts of China, authorities have introduced mobile apps, temperature check kiosks in Seoul's Song Donggu district. That's my best attempt at that. I do apologize. Uh, this week, it rolled out 10 bus shelters powered by solar energy. Oh, now see how, look how green it is, right? Green energy all the way around and equipped with ultraviolet sterilizers and thermal imaging cameras that check temperatures. 10 more shelters are planned. The ultraviolet, I'm, I'm curious how the functions of these things are going to work. Ultraviolet sterilizers, uh, with the amount of ultraviolet radiation that's needed to sterilize these um, locations, to have mm-hmm. it concentrated like that from from like a light bulb or something of that sort, mm-hmm. it would risk the possibility of uh, damaging your eyesight without you know some kind of eyeglass or whatnot. So I'm I'm wondering how they're planning. Is this going to be something that's going to be running constantly, or is this something when off hours in between, you know? buses or something it closes up and sterilizes i'm curious how they're planning to implement that part well bruce you're you're missing the bigger picture here right the bigger picture is if it saves just one life what's bad about this i'm not against trying to find more you know like ultraviolet sterilizers and that sort of thing i'm really actually kind of surprised that society hasn't like the western world hasn't gone that direction anyway and just tried to make more sterile environments period like, well, I think I'm, I think I'm surprised we, we haven't gone down that road yet. I think we can. I, I think it's a matter of see. This is this is the thing, though. We're looking at a at a comparison here, and we can talk a little bit about this today too, if you want. If we happen to get into it, but this is again, this is the forced strong-armed innovation side of things. See, rather than us progressing towards that point, see, there's mm-hmm. here's the, here's the other issue. We're also dealing with a lot of this as funding, right? Businesses largely don't manufacture things now through innovation. They manufacture things based on money they can get through contracts for mass production, right? They'll go where mm-hmm. the money is. So this is why we're seeing electric garbage cars all over the place, because that's where the money is. That's where the tax cuts are. So that's where companies will migrate to. So companies have been nudged, let's say, in order to move that direction rather than have Mm -hmm. innovation come along, traditional innovation, and create something better and something that the market will want. Rather than let the market dictate, it's been governments and organizations like the WEF, they're the ones that have steered things in the direction in order to control innovation. That's my opinion. That's my opinion, because that seems to be the way things are going. So basically, instead of innovating out of necessity or or seeing you know a, a void that can be filled with technology, instead of doing that, it's being coerced and manipulated by governments or uh, these mm-hmm. organizations. Mm-hmm. That, that's my opinion because that's the way I see things yeah. as as it's happening. I mean, otherwise we wouldn't have had that. We would have gone down the road of kind of like what Honda did with as as far as the automobile. We would have been at hydrogen mm-hmm. already. We would be in hydrogen already, but there's no money there. Everything got moved over to electric cars. GM was ready to start mass producing hydrogen fuel cell cars. They were ready. And then all of a sudden, what happened? 08 crash. The government comes in. Treasury Department comes in, says, no, nope, you're building volts now. You remember that? Yeah. And everything yeah, that, changed. That horrible death trap. Yeah. 
Horrible, horrible. Yeah. What a what a disgusting. Anyway, smart shelters were introduced so that residents can experience technology in their daily lives. It is an inclusive service that everyone can benefit from. Yeah. Yeah, until you figure out what it does. In Singapore, touch-free kiosks with thermal sensors at busy bus stops and train stations allow passengers to check their temperature before boarding. A green light indicates that they are free from fever, while an orange light shows a high temperature. I don't know about you, but when I have a high temperature, I stay home. I stay home. That's just me because I do the responsible thing. That's what everybody should do. It's not going to be difficult to, to manipulate this, right? Let's say you do have a fever and you need to go out and do something. Pour a bottle of water over your head. It'll curb the system, right? Water has the potential to lower temperatures by 20 degrees, so that's not mm-hmm. going to work. Or you're one of these people that has one of those ice pack rings in your hat. Yeah, you're wearing a hat. You just take yeah. the hat off. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Okay, so the kiosks will be rolled out in 70 locations in the city, according to the Ministry of Culture, Community, and Youth. Boy, what a, what an organization. <laughs> uh, temperature. Yeah, tell me that's not a tell me that's not a Marxist institution. All While right. temperature screening at public transit points is not mandatory. Not mandatory yet. The kiosks Mm -hmm. encourage the public to remain vigilant by monitoring their temperature before commuting. Whatever happened to Mm -hmm. the times of if you don't feel well, stay home. What happened to those times in China? No, they don't exist. Not under this. In China and in Delhi, commuters must show that they are symptom free with a mobile health app before boarding subway flights and to enter some offices. Soon it'll be all offices. Soon it'll be all flights and all forms of public transit. Soon it'll be. Well, if you have Mm. a car, yeah, the new cars. Oh, yeah. What do you Mm. want to bet they start coming with temperature checks? Yeah. Yeah, you're just a conspiracy theorist. Well, now it's funny because I'm not the only person that says that. Digital rights experts say that these technologies raise the risk of surveillance and exclude marginalized populations who do not have smartphones. Oh, and I see everyone got to give everybody a phone now, right? Authorities have said they are necessary to keep people safe. You know something? Everything that I've read about authoritarian regimes doesn't matter which one it is. I don't care if it's Nazi Germany. I don't care if it's Soviet Russia. I don't care if it's Fidel Castro's Cuba. I don't care if it's Hugo Chavez's Venezuela or or whatever. Pol Pot's Cambodia. I don't care. Right. Any form of authoritarian regime. Mao's China. We'll throw that one in there. Anytime you have a government or an authoritarian body of any kind come out and they say that they need to keep you safe from yourself. We've got a real problem on our hands. For as long as COVID-19 lurks in the community, we should expect measures that not only keep people safe as much as possible from contagion, but also reassure them about the safety of the environment. Uh Uh-huh. That's coming from uh, uh, the director of transport and cities program in Melbourne. Even with distancing, hygiene, and safety measures in place, though many people will still avoid public transport, I expect to see a greater share of trips by car as well as cycling and walking. Okay. Well... This is where it starts. So it's just this. And, and this is where they're going to tie. Bruce, you know, this is going to be linked to social credit, right? That's, that's how this. Yes. They're, they're oh, gonna, yeah, absolutely. They're tie all that in. So. Yeah. Well, I, I use that word again. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, not only that, but they're using. So this is this is the first stage. We're, we're going to use this for the virus. And I, I've talked about it before with the. Right. Um, using it to to regulate, you know, civilizations because things are getting, you know, civil unrest and that sort of thing. This will be part of it, I think, because when they start instituting these things, you're going to have people like us that are uh, constitutional libertarian type. We're like, uh, no, we don't like this. This is no, this isn't okay. And you'll have you'll have people start resisting and standing up. They'll use this type of a system to bring people like us under control. So let's talk about where this could lead. Well, let's talk about where this is going to lead because no one seems to be doing anything about it. Let's talk about where this is going to lead. 
Let's talk about the COVID-19 health passport, right? We talked about that a couple of a couple of months ago, I think it was. The UK floated this idea for about a week. Do you remember? They were yeah, talking about COVID pass. Yeah, COVID pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Which that I mean, and they'll do that sometimes. Anytime an agenda like that is being put forth, they'll put it out there, right? As a feeler. They'll they'll put it out there just to see what kind of reaction they get from it. Not mm-hmm. not to implement the policy immediately, but just to gauge what public response is going to be. And mm-hmm. you might have a couple of politicians mention it, a couple of people in the media, and that's about it, just to see what kind of reaction you're going to get back from the populace to see how they'll take to it. But now they're saying that this health passport, which this is a wet dream of Bill Gates, I believe, could be the future of travel and events. Well, wh- why is that? Why is that? Well, this is another aspect of control with this, right? So it it moves further. So it's not just, well, the it starts, as you said, Bruce, it starts with, well, we're going to just check your temperature at this little kiosk. It's just this little thing, right? Just this little thing here. It, it's no big deal. It's just checking to see if you have a temperature and, and it's just scanning your mm-hmm. face. And I mean, it's it's not even mandatory, right? It's just it's it's optional. But we encourage you to, to use it because we're, we're just looking out for the safety of everyone else and you. Right. And you. That's that's the agenda that's put forth. But see, it, oh, it advances, quick, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. And. It advances, right? It advances. It it goes further. Mm -hmm. Then it becomes this. Then it becomes this. So an app that acts as a health passport for travelers who are virus free. The agenda that's being put out is that COVID-19 infections rates are posing global threats to tourism and all that crap. Come on, right? We know better than that. We know better than that. Now they say they're going to use the blockchain technology, right? Blockchain technology. Wasn't Bitcoin associated with blockchain? I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, that was. Yeah, yeah, that's the system they used to make it secure. Yeah. yeah. So they're going to use blockchain technology on this because, oh, well, I mean, we got to keep everything safe, right? We got to keep all mm-hmm. everybody's information safe. Your health information has to be safe. Since when do we give over our health information to anyone other than a physician? Since when do we do that? I don't care what well, the hell it is. The other the other concern with this, too, is uh, so let's say they go totalitarian with this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Which and, clearly I, I think that's their end game of all this is, right. is that. Right. But let's say they do that, okay? The average person is going to have great difficulty trying to hack through a blockchain. So it would take a large number of people, server farms. I mean, it it would take quite a bit of infrastructure to be able to hack one of these systems. We're we're talking like movie, you know, action movie level, like hacker kind of nonsense. It's essentially, if they were able to institute this kind of a system, it would be very difficult to overcome. However, for them, it would be really simple to hack. We've kind of talked about it before with their their quantum computing, which mm-hmm. uh, there's some things that we've learned about recently the, in physics. Um, they've these time crystal things that uh, will help with their quantum computing, which are fascinating when you get it read. In. So uh, I'll, I'll just kind of give a little teaser for them, though. Um, you know, in that they're used for quantum computing, or could potentially be used for them. Essentially, we can affect their quantum state without making them. Um, shall we say, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's a, it's not cohesion, but basically they're stable, essentially. That's one of the problems with quantum physics is uh, you can change things in the, the immediate area, like air pressure, for example, and that would completely screw up the, the quantum computing. It's not, it's not really stable. So anyway, all that to say, they get quantum computing down and going. Blockchain systems, encryption systems... The things that we use that would stop the average hacker or slow down the average person or even even a skilled uh, hacker 
it's now child's play with quantum computing. The things that would take us years using current technology with server farms and whatnot, trying to, to brute force some of these encryption keys, a quantum computer can do in a few minutes. So the, the kind of power they would have over us in comparison to what we could do if we were to retaliate or, or try to fight for our freedom, um, there's no way out. And again, the question I ask is, why do we give our medical information to anybody other than our physician that we trust? I, I get what you're saying. They're trying to make it secure. I understand. But by them having backdoor access to that information, I don't think so. I don't think so. Though I'm a very healthy person and I really don't have any medical issues whatsoever. I don't want anyone seeing any of my medical charts other than my physician. That's it. That's it. That's my choice. Yeah. That's my choice. And I don't give a damn yeah. what any government says. I don't care. I don't care. That is that's, my choice. Yeah. That's exactly my point, though. If that's your stance, if, if you believe that and want to stand for that, well, when they start doing these COVID passes or common pass or, you know, these these social credit systems, that's going to be a part of it. Your health is going to be part of it. And let's like like I was saying, you want to resist. You want to try to fight the system. You want to you, mm -hmm. you can't. There's nothing mm -hmm. you can do because they own it. They possess it. Yeah. They're yeah. in control of it. Yeah. Yeah. And Mr. Schwab makes reference to that. And we will get to his comment here in just a few minutes because I agree with the latter part of his statement when it comes to that. And I'll let him say it, not me. It says here that the creators of this particular health passport, they say that it could allow healthy travelers to avoid quarantine. Unless, of course, you go to New York, right? <laughs> because Cuomo up there, he says that you know he's not going to pay attention to any of this stuff, right? So you, you don't have I to. I don't know if you had. A, I don't. If you had. One I don't know about these, this. I don't know. Well, he just allowed the MTV Music Awards, right? They, no well, quarantine, true. no nothing. It was, I mean, open venue. True. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, they're the elite. You know, they're, oh, they're course, not of course beholden course. to this. They're, yeah. yeah, they're fine. Yeah, they're they're fine. It's mm -hmm. just you, the mm -hmm. common person, you're going to be fined ten thousand mm dollars -hmm. or thrown in jail. Right. Right. Again, this app could also allow sports and entertainment venues to reopen safely, as well as the global conference and exhibition industry. Hmm. Would I want to go back to a sports stadium looking at that garbage that these uh, these athletes are out there doing, taking knees? You know, we've talked about that before. Entertainment venues. Eh, really? I, I don't know. They're saying that uh, because there's thousands of COVID-19 flare-ups around the world. Yes, flare-ups, spikes, cases, infections. Those are the terms they're hammering home. No deaths. No deaths. Trips canceled and travelers forced to quarantine when they return home. What's the point? What's the point? If I want to go for a weekend somewhere, I, I've had to throw my entire trip to Prague. I've had to throw it because mm -hmm. I'd have to go through a quarantine there. I was only going to be there for three days. Three days. That's it. Two-week quarantine when I get there. Three days on the ground, two-week quarantine when I get back. A month lost for 72 hours? Are you people nuts? Have you lost your minds? That's a loaded question. Don't answer that. <laughs> well, we've got the solution. We're talking about it right here. Yes, she would yes of course. Ask you when I had to do it. But uh, they go into about how the UK is put in 14-day isolation, which, by the way, they're talking about eliminating those isolation things, the 14-day quarantines, because... There are no deaths. What part of this do people not get? Right. What part of this do people not well, get? No, there's going to be another flare up when when the fall winter season hits. There's going to be another flare up. And, you know, we're going to have to shut down again. We're going to do all this again. So oh, now see, this that's is kind this of the is rumblings good. we're hearing. Yeah, this is good, right? This this is good. Now, listen to where this the listen to where this this idea came from. OK, COVID pass is the brainchild of one of the World Economic Forum's young global leaders. Oh, oh, well, it's, it's nice to know that we have, um, you know, 14, 15, 16 and, and 18 year olds 
making policy for the world. It's nice to know we have that. Boy, what does that sound like? When you look at authoritarianism, what does that sound like? When you get the young people involved, what does that sound like? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You see, unlike contact tracing apps, right? See, this is different. This is different. COVID pass will not track users' movements. No, of course not. Just because of... Now, see, it's not going to track your movements just because you're out and you're traveling around and, and things like that. No, it's not going to track your movements. No, no. It's not going to track where you are. It's not going to track who you've come in contact with. No, but it's magically going to have all that information when they go to pull it. That, that, no. That's... Well, okay. Let's let's say it's just a, like a credit card, right? It doesn't uh -huh. actually track. You can track where you've used the credit card. So in this case, you could even if this was just a card and there was no tracking, they still can track where it's been, where it's been used. So uh -huh. you're still going to have a general idea of where you've been. No, this will be on your phone. This will be like your boarding passes that you have, like for your, for an airline flight, which I've been getting boarding passes sent to my right. phone through Lufthansa app because I fly Lufthansa all the time. So right. I, I mean, I have an account through them, so that's who I fly with. And right, uh, I was every, saying a hypothetical. Oh, if I got it you. was if it was a card, they still can track you even if it was a card. But oh yes, yeah, sure. like we're saying, it, this this is we've already got the COVID nineteen tracking thanks to Apple and uh, Samsung, Google. They they've changed the software. Yeah. Um, now see, it, it, non it's a, it's a part of your system now. Yes, non-mandatory contact tracing apps have been met with only a limited amount of success so far due to privacy concerns. Gee, I wonder why. I wonder why. Germany, right? They reference Germany here, regarded as one of the most successful nations, is rolling out a voluntary app, which I've seen it here. It's advertised all over the damn place. It has 16 million users. I would argue that that's probably lower than that out of 83 million people in the entire nation. Experts say at least half of the population needs to use a contact tracing app to make it effective in fighting the virus. Look, Germany has some of the most strict privacy laws in the world when it comes to personal data at the moment. And the Germans guard their information very closely and for good reason, for good reason. Look what the hell Germany's been through over the last hundred years. OK, they went from one yeah. extreme to the next. So they value their privacy and rightfully so. I don't blame them. I, I just want to be a little facetious here. Let's say that a lot of Germans are actually using this system to be a little facetious. And uh, this is totally meant as a joke. Do I want to believe the, the country that had a totalitarian uh, ruler come in and try to take over the world? Do I want to believe those same people or the same nation that that person came out of, which I know he was technically not German, but Austrian, anyway, yeah. yeah, he was Austrian. Do do I want to believe that part of the world is saying, hey, no, let's jump on board with this new app that could be used for a totalitarian authoritarian state? No. <laughs> you know, I, I, just, I don't think so. I have difficulty believing that. I don't think so. And and you know what? What's happening? What's going to happen in Berlin tomorrow proves that, I think. I've seen one media report about it. One about the, the protest that's coming tomorrow. Yeah, the one in Berlin. Uh-huh. I've uh -huh. seen one media outlet report on it. It was only about 30 seconds. They said, oh, yes, there's going to be a protest here on the weekend. And they've put a couple of barricades up and really nothing is too exciting here. That's all that I heard. Nothing about to it. see here. <laughs> nothing to see here. Move along. Move along. They had 1.3 million people at the last one. So yeah, anyway, nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. Move along. Anyway, they're saying that while governments are faced with a variety of different testing regimes to validate the health of travelers, why, why are they faced with that? Why are they faced with that? It's not like there's a there's this big pandemic going on and people are falling over dead in the streets, as the media would have you believe. You know something? If the average person out there is listening to the media, they'd be uh, they'd be horrified. I can I can understand why some of these people are out there driving around masked up, gloved up, you know, in their car 
with goggles and a face shield on. If you watch the media all day long, you're probably scared to death. You know, something that we've seen in China that we haven't seen anywhere else in the world. You remember in China, we were seeing video when this was first coming out where people were walking on the street and then just fainting, falling over. Uh huh. Presumably dead, which could have easily just been them passing out because they were wearing masks, by the way. But we haven't seen that happening here in, in, the, in the West. We have seen people passing out because they were wearing masks, like I said, but we haven't seen them keeling over because of the virus. Usually for someone to get to that stage to where the virus kills them, they're in a hospital bed because they can't breathe. Mm -hmm. So this app is uh, going to launch in September and it will become a standardized solution for airlines airports, border agencies, and eliminate quarantine for healthy travelers. That, well, that, they hope that's their hope for this uh, as it is. COVID pass would also allow hotels, cinemas, theaters, sporting and concert venues to reopen safely. And they're saying that now, here's the kicker, Bruce. You ready for this one? Because this is what's going to tie it all together. This, this is fantastic. And I'm so glad they thought of this last aspect here. COVID pass commits to mandatory carbon offsetting for each flight passenger to preserve the environmental benefits of reduced air travel during the crisis. Isn't that fantastic? They thought of everything. They, they thought of everything. Reduced air travel, huh? Yes, mm. they, they thought of everything. See, let me explain what they want to do. They want, and it, this is a hard pill to swallow for some people right now, I think. They want to end international travel. Did you hear what I just said? They want to end international travel. They don't want you going anywhere. They don't want you traveling. They don't want you going to other countries. They don't want tourism to return. I heard a term last night, and it, oddly enough, it was put forth by oh, the hell's the kid's name, the the young kid that's uh, in the in the wheelchair that was uh, elected to represent the Republican ticket in Congress. You know what I'm talking about? I, his name I had his name in my head all day. And now it's just we talked about him. He's 24 years old. Yeah, 11th district, yeah. North Carolina. Um, uh, Madison Cawthorn? Madison Cawthorn, that's it. He put it out on the stage. He was asked to speak at the RNC. He put it out on the stage. He said, the elite are trying to take us to a digital dark age. Yeah. And that's what this is. That's exactly what that's this exactly is. The kid's this right. Is. This kid's right. I'm with you, kid. I am. We're all on the same page here. And I can see it. And everybody else that's paying attention to what we're talking about, they can see it too. We tell you exactly where to go. Go to weforum.org. And you can get all this information for yourself. It's out there. It's freely out there. We're not making this up. We're pointing you in the right no. direction. We're, we're a road sign. We're pointing you in the right direction. Yeah. Go ahead. This is we're literally telling you what they're saying. This isn't like we're creating something out of thin air and, and we're listening to what they're saying, what they're telling us they want to do. And we're just showing you what they want to do by their own words and just putting it together. That's all this is. Okay, so let's let's get let's get a little bit further into that. But I tell you what, let's let's talk here about. Uh, I want to I want to go to this clip here real quick of uh, Klaus Schwab. Klaus Schwab. Do you want to give a rundown on Klaus Schwab? Do you, do you want to give a, a brief synopsis on who he is? Yeah, he was born in the 1930s. German born. I forget where he was from. Where did he get his money? He apparently is. He was a, a German scholar when it came to finance and things. Now I don't know where he got his initial fortune, but he started this group, this nonprofit group, the World Economic Forum. He is the founder, and 
Uh, he is uh, the executive chairman there now. And of course, he's been drawing salary from there. Of course, that's never been disclosed. But he says it's enough for him to comfortably live in Switzerland, you know, <laughs> so for you to live, com- live in Switzerland. Yeah, comfortably live in Switzerland. Yes, yes. And of course, now his wife also works for the World Economic Forum, but she's been retired for a very long time, for a very long time. So she doesn't draw a salary, of course. Of course and not. Yes. Of, of um, course not. No. It says he was but, an engineer, by the way. He was an engineer. Okay. All right. Well, you can make good yeah. money as an, as an engineer. If you're you can, if you're an engineer you with you can make good money as an engineer, especially in Germany. Yeah. They they have um, fantastic engineering careers here. But yes, he makes enough to comfortably live in, in Switzerland. Which <laughs> to comfortably live in Switzerland, <laughs> you need a lot of money for that. That's all I'm going to say. They don't just let anybody. Uh, yeah, he was also a uh, professor of business policy at the University mm-hmm. of Geneva. Okay. All right. So I don't, I honestly, at the end of it, I think he's a very intelligent man. I do. I do. I think that uh, when it comes down to it, the guy is is extremely intelligent and he knows exactly what he's doing. And I've said the same thing about George Soros before. I'm no fan of Mr. Soros, but when it comes to him, the man knows his stuff and investors around the world watch Soros. They watch Mr. Soros and they watch to see what he's going to do when he makes investments and makes portfolio changes. And people understand and markets and investments around the world are shaped based on the actions that he alone takes. So when it comes to to markets and investments and things like that, the man's brilliant. I'll, I'll give him credit when it comes to that. I don't like his practices and I don't like his policy. And I think that he's he's a terrible human being. But when it comes to markets and investments, the man knows what he's doing. So he's very intelligent in that respect. I mean, you have to you have to respect the intelligence at the end of it, I think. Uh, but as far as everything else goes, as far as policy goes, uh, there's a lot to differ there. But let's talk about Schwab. So Klaus Schwab, he is, again, he's the executive chairman of the World Economic Forum. This is his group. And he was on a podcast. And Bruce, you found this. uh, And bravo to you for finding Mm -hmm. this. This is what his take was as far as implementing this technology. When he's talking about where we're going to move the world economies, we talked about it again with the agenda of societal change. And also, you're going to see all this. Agenda 2030 ties into all this, too. They need something in order to push this. If you look, COVID-19 is a part of every single one of those goals, the 17 goals in Agenda 2030. It's it's worked into every one of them. But this particular aspect with the World Economic Forum, all this push is put forth with this technology using COVID as the medium in order to drive that agenda home. And they're going to push towards what is called the Great Reset. They're wanting to end the dollar. They're wanting to end capitalism. This is why we're seeing companies transition from merit-based into what? We're looking at correcting systemic injustices, right? We're going to hire mm-hmm. people based on that, as opposed to hiring someone on merit, a merit-based system, merit-based hiring. That's capitalism. That's the free market. It's the person that does the best job, the one that's most qualified, regardless of race or gender or anything like that. They're the ones that are promoted. They're the ones that are put forth in companies and given opportunities, or they're the ones that have the ability and the drive to go out and innovate and create businesses. They're ending all of that. And so Schwab is asked which way this is going to go. And this was his response uh, on the podcast. And I'll just let this, I'll let the quote speak for itself. So in a nutshell, if we reset right, it will mean a fairer, cleaner, smarter world that is on track to prevent the worst ravages of climate change. Some people may say this is too idealistic, um, but what other choice do we have? At least we have to try. Uh, we may fail, and um, next generations, or even we ourselves, will have to pay the price for our failure. At least we should try. 
where he says there that at least we have to try. Do we not hear that from authoritarians throughout history? We have to try. Mm -hmm. Isn't that what we hear from socialism all the time? Well, we have to try. We have to try. It wasn't done right. We have to try. That's what's so tempting about these, uh, the, the well, Marxism really, is that on paper, socialism looks good on paper. I mean, when you're on looking paper, at yes. it, on paper. Yeah. When you when you completely remove the human element out of it, it looks good. The problem is, is you have you still have the human element in there. Greed, which I, I guess the, the theory is we're going to evolve it out uh, using technology, which really means they're going to take CRISPRs and, and rewire you. So you're not a greedy person. You're a you know compliant, complicit person, not competitive not aggressive, you know, those kind of things, uh, according to what Gates is talking about in his um, vaccine talks. I mm -hmm. believe it was a, a TED talk uh, back in 2015, 2016, yes. somewhere in there. Yes. And that's that um, TED talk, so, as far as I know, is still there uh, and people can go and, is, and watch yeah. it. Yeah, I found it here. I went back and listened to it again here, I don't know, a month ago, maybe a couple mm -hmm. months ago. Mm -hmm. It was still there. So I'm assuming it's still there. You might have to look a little bit to find it, but yeah, he was talking about vaccines and using that. It came across and, and the, the audience took it as a joke, but I'm not really sure it was a joke uh, based on the way he was talking and, and later talks after that. So, you know, I, I tend to want to take things at their word, but anyway. Well, like I said, I agree with the latter part of what uh, Mr. Schwab there had to say, and that was, we may fail and we may pay the price for that failure. And to be honest with you, you say that you have to try. OK, well, we have to try to resist it. We do. And to be fair, I think there's a whole lot more of us than there are of you, sir. Yeah. But someone like me who stands firm and someone like me who I've said time and again, and I'm not the only one, there's hundreds of millions of not billions of people that agree with me or that agree with someone like me, not me per se. I don't expect anyone to fully agree with anyone ever. But in the matters of this, in the matters of this technology, in the matters of someone trying to be an authoritarian. And we talked about another member of his group the other day during 2030, didn't we? Mr. Brabick, mm. the CEO of Nestle. Mm -hmm. Water is a human right, huh? Yeah. Washing your car is not a human right. That, boy, that sounds an awful lot like authoritarianism to me. I only get five gallons of water a day. That's all I get. I'm charged a premium to someone like you that owns the water rights after that. You see... I've said it before. They want to take us back to neo-feudalistic serfdom. That's what it is. And it's it's really difficult to put a label on this because when you say fascistic, that's nationally, I mean, like that's nationally based. That's not what yeah. this is. And you no. can say, OK, well, it's it's uh, Marxism. Is it? Is it? I, I don't think that it is because you're looking for a single authoritarian state to oversee uh, you know, uh, one country or whatever it is, but it's not Marxism. I mean, I've studied Marxism. Mm -hmm. I know what Marxism is. I know what Marxism is is tailored after, and I know I know how to spot Marxism. That's why it's easy to spot BLM and Antifa a mile away, right? You can see them coming. It's like they're they're coming down the road. You know exactly who they are. But this, yeah, this is unlike anything I've ever seen. I would say this is. I would, I would say, say this is Marxism, but it's. Uh, I would say. If you, I would say, okay. Uh, OK, I'll put it this. How about this? Right. Let, let's let's see if we can come to an agreement on this one. OK, let's say that it's Marxism down here at the bottom for you and I. Right. And everybody else. Right. It's, it's Marxism down here at the grassroots. OK, but we've got a fascistic icing on the cake. That's what it seems like. So I think it's Marxism as we know it. But instead of thinking of individual nations inside the planet, 
you know, so on Earth, multiple nations, and only one of those nations goes Marxist, whereas this is looking at the entire planet as one nation. And they're looking at Marxism as the entire planet. So in this sense, it would be instead of saying, well, my nationality is the one that's the the superior one, you know, like the Aryan race or something. Instead, it's the, well, the human race is superior. And that's that's kind of how it's framing it, if you will. Uh, so mm-hmm. I still think it's it's Marxism, but it's just the scope of it is no longer national. It is it is over the entire human race, which is and even more terrifying because and it's, it's technology, technology. Right. It's it's even more terrifying, though, because uh, like we're talking here, this is going to be global. There's not going to be somewhere you can run and hide. They're wanting to. Uh, so even if you were like, well, I'll go into one of these uh, non-developed countries and or, or developing countries, as as they call them, they're and gonna like a king first. there with my. They're going to be targeted. They're going to be the ones that are going to be targeted, industrialized. They're going to bring them up to a place to where they have the technology to control them, and it will filter off into the uh, the rest of the world. Uh, developed world, especially. And if that means the developed world has to be crushed under their boot, well, they'll do it. And we're, we're kind of seeing it with BLM and Antifa. If, if they can trigger enough unrest, if they can release a disease or something. They have a boogeyman, a, a, a bad guy, if you will, that they can point to and say, look, we have to do something because this boogeyman's bad. We have to get them under control. Okay. I want to get into the last few minutes here. I want to push. This is, can you believe we're already in? Can you believe that? I do not. Yeah, that's, like, that's crazy. We haven't even covered, like, we, we had all this stuff we wanted to talk about and we've done, like, <laughs> one thing. Like, this is crazy. Right. Okay, I want to talk since we we've kind of started off here with like COVID pass. We want to talk now about what's called common pass. Okay, this is kind of this is all the same thing, really. They're just they don't have a unified name for it yet. But Mm -hmm. this is a video that's out there on YouTube that was put out again by the World Economic Forum. This is from their own YouTube channel. It's there. You can go and look it up. It's called This Digital Solution Could Restart Global Travel and Trade. Or you can just look up the World Economic Forum YouTube channel. It's that simple. It's right there. But this goes along with COVID pass. This goes along with what they want to do at train stations, bus stations, things like that. This is their description of what all this digital passport, health passport. This is their description of what this system is going to be. Now, this is information that's freely out there again. Right. And I can't stress this enough. While we're looking at the left hand. okay, and what I'm calling the left hand, I'm calling BLM, Antifa, the riots, the looting, the burning, the cities being smashed out. okay, our monuments being trashed. Okay, that's what we're supposed to see. We're looking at the left hand, right? Everyone's concerned with that. You watch the media, right? That's what they're talking about. No one's talking about this. While you have the out of control anarchy and chaos on the left side, you're not paying attention to what the right side's doing. And what we're talking about here is the other side of the coin. While you're distracted, having society and civilization collapsed, this is what they're trying to usher in on the back end of it. And by the time you figure out what happens, it's too late. They'll rip that rug out from underneath of us. This is what they don't want you to see. But yet it's out there because they have some sick, twisted code of theirs that tells them that they have to tell you what they're going to do before they do it. It's almost like the like a James Bond movie or something like uh, where where they're, they're spilling the entire plan. And then the hero breaks free and uh, yeah, thwarts the it's, plan. It's right there. Yeah. It's yeah. like that. Every time I look at this, I'm like, is this a James Bond movie or something? I think exactly that. Because it's like we're, we're sitting here. It's like, uh, 
here's all this stuff. And it's like, we're not looking at what's going on here. And it's like, it's, I mean, you know, the more we start digging through this crap, it's like, man, and the stuff we found out today that we've talked about today, we found that out five mm-hmm. minutes before we started. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, okay, it just gets more crazy. Some of this, you, you do have to wear your decoder ring to, to understand. Yes. Uh, some of it is, you know, their uh, Marxist speak, if you will. Yes. Okay. Let's uh, let's go ahead and get into this because we are running short on time here. Let's go ahead and get into this. Common Pass is a platform that lets people safely and securely collect their health information, whether it is a negative COVID test result or eventually a record of a COVID vaccination, manage that information, control it themselves, and then be able to let that information be used to demonstrate that they have had a negative test or they have been vaccinated so they can get on an airplane or travel to another country. For countries, it gives them the ability to actually know confidently that this person who wants to come visit them can actually safely be admitted into their country without risk of exposing other people in the country to to COVID. If you put yourself in a traveler's shoes, you know, people want to travel, but they don't want to and frankly shouldn't have to hand out their sensitive health information to every airline they want to fly, every country they want to visit, every airport they want to travel through. And so I think the the balance that needs to be achieved is say, hey, how can we give, let's say, a country or an airline the comfort they need to know that this person is safe to travel or safe to enter a country without having to reveal um, sensitive health information. So it's the the East African community, which is um, uh, Rwanda, Kenya, Tanzania, um, Uganda, uh, Burundi, and South Sudan, uh, constitute the East Africa community. What led to this was their desire to restart um, trucking. And uh, four of those six countries are landlocked, so they're entirely dependent on uh, on uh, deliveries from their seaports, uh, the two countries that actually do have uh, access to the, to the ocean. And so um, uh, a few months ago, they focused in on this, this challenge of how can we actually allow trucks to start crossing our borders to keep the supply lines open. And so Common Pass, in many respects, grew out of our collaboration with this East African community, initially focused on a solution to allow truckers to cross those borders. And it goes on. So they're going to continue to uh, push for this and, and to get this integrated in it. And you notice that, as you said, if you think you're just going to go to some other country and live high on the hog or whatever it is, no, they're targeting those countries, the poorer countries, they're targeting them first. So when they finally get here, see, it's, it's always been that way. They always go after those countries first. Why? Because they already own those countries. They already own the people in those countries. They don't own us fully yet. But man, they're trying. They're trying. They don't have us convinced well, yet. Well, here, here's the next the next phase, uh, or not really next phase, but this this phase is going to come. Um, let's say I want to get out of here, and I don't want to I don't want to live under this. So pff, I'm going to Mars, man. Do you really think <laughs> you're, you're right. getting to Mars without going through this kind of stuff? This Actually, stuff okay, will be integrated. That's an interesting question. That, that's an interesting question. That's an interesting point you bring up there. Honestly, if you're going out there. I expect this kind of stuff, pandemic or not. I expect this kind of stuff Mm -hmm. because you don't want anything. You want to be as clean as possible, right? Going out there. So I expect that, right? But not not here, not not for this. And remember, okay, remember, we're doing all this based on 0.03, okay? We're we're 
<laughs> That's what's so stupid about this whole thing. But okay. Less than the flu. Uh, th- less than the flu. It's yeah. unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And uh, I, I, okay, look, I could sit here. Honestly, I, you and I could sit here for another hour, probably two more hours and yeah, do this. Probably, yeah. Because I have an armload more that we can talk on here, mm. but we don't have the time. Uh, Bruce, let's let's try. I'll tell you what. Next week, let's come back. Let's do one of these a week. Okay, just talking okay. about this plan. Okay, let's just do one mm-hmm. of these a week. Let's do one day a week dedicated to this stuff. But let's revisit this next week, and we will go over the stuff we didn't get to tonight because, quite honestly, there's about two two or three more hours worth of stuff to talk about just here, and it's crazy. It's crazy. But uh, we just don't have the time today. Unfortunately, we're out of time and I do apologize. But uh, this kind of stuff, I mean, like I said, this is information that's freely out there. It's there. It's out there. It's out there in plain view. It's not hidden. It's not you got to go dig and, and look out of your way and go four or five levels down into something. No, it's right there. So people need to get familiar with it. If you want to understand what's happening, if you want to say, okay, well, what's the agenda here? I'm, I'm seeing all this stuff on TV and I, I can't make sense of it. If you have people that, that are behaving like that, if you're trying to explain things to them and they don't get it, please send them our way. We're happy to have them as a listener. We will do the work. We will do the legwork. This is what we do. And we present it to people as best we can in a compressed form so you don't waste too much time with it because we know how busy people are these days. But this is extremely important that we get familiar with this stuff because this is where they're trying to take our world. And it's down a path that we're not going to want to go down, I assure you. I keep saying I assure you, but I, I don't know of another way to, to make my point clear uh, as to how dangerous this is. And it's being done as you said, Bruce, for less than the flu, less than the flu. And it's funny because we actually caught a headline today coming out of them that said that flu deaths are down. Oddly, you know, COVID deaths are up, but flu deaths are down because everything's COVID. Anyway. All right. Uh, we are going to have to go and I do apologize, uh, but we are out of time. So for those of you who have not you'd like to, please do give us a follow on the social media platform of Parlor. We love getting your feedback, your likes, your echoes, your comments, all the above. You can follow me over there at Jay Anderson 3 You can follow Marty at Marty Foster. Also, for those of you who would prefer not to reach out to us on social media, you can drop us a line anytime you like at tips at dynamicindependence.com. Again, we would love to hear from you. We would humbly ask you, as we said, to pass this along to friends and family and known associates if you're looking to try and get people that are, you know, they they want to figure out what's going on. I mean, we're doing the best we can here with this. And I know how difficult it is to try and find information out there, but we do the best we can. We verify everything that we're telling you uh, and we present it to you in a a basic compressed form uh, as best we can. And we do it in layman's terms. We don't get too technical for everybody, for everybody's benefit and for everybody's time constraints. So if you could pass us along, we would really appreciate that because we're trying to promote good, healthy, intelligent conversation within people's circles. Also, we would ask you to drop over to Apple Podcasts and give us a rating if you listen to us on apple podcast if not however you're listening to us if they do have a rating system we would appreciate it if you would give us a rating on there five stars would be appreciated thank you for your time today bruce and from all of us here wherever you are in the world we thank you for listening because it's all of you that listen that make this all possible we love you and we love freedom and independence and together we'll continue to fight for those in the marketplace of ideas so we'll see all of you tomorrow